What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian MMA Podcast. I am your host, and my name is John, and this week we are back with episode 112, where we will be analyzing and predicting the UFC fight night going down this Saturday, August 29, 2020, headlined by Alexander Rakich versus Anthony Smith. This 11-fight card will take place from Las Vegas, Nevada at the UFC Apex in the small cage. Last week, in terms of official bets, we lost around 6 units, so it was a pretty bad week for us. I do agree that Pedro Munoz won the fight, and he kind of got robbed against Frankie Edgar, but that's beside the point. We'll learn from our mistakes and look to get back in the green this week. I don't have much action on this car so far, even though it is a Friday. Everyone has weighed in. All the fighters made weight. Well, a few missed weight. I think Hannah Cyphers missed weight by a pound, and Austin Springer missed weight by about five pounds. But everybody is on the scales. We're good to go. We have 11 fights for tomorrow night, so I'm going to get into analyzing all 11 fights here shortly. So the first fight of the evening is in the women's strawweight division. We have Mallory Martin taking on Hannah Cyphers. The opening betting line for this one was... Hannah Cyphers, the minus 170 favorite to Mallory Martin, the plus 145 underdog. Right now, the line has flipped. We are now seeing Martin minus 325 to Cyphers plus 265. Crazy opening line there. It looks like it opened up on Bet Online. It was immediately bet towards Mallory Martin, and rightfully so. She should be the favorite here. I think that where this line is at now is a little bit wide because if Mallory Martin does not hit takedowns here, I do expect her to get outstruck. I do give an advantage to Cyphers on the feet. And in the clinch here, Cyphers can stuff a bit of takedowns. She's good in the clinch. She was doing well stuffing takedowns versus Mackenzie Dern versus Macy Barber, she's done that in the past to a few opponents, but when she gets taken down, she does not look good off of her back, and she has gotten taken down by some inferior grapplers like Jody Esquibel, took her down several times throughout their fight, and Cyphers was stuck on her back for several minutes versus Esquibel and had no ability to get up, so I definitely think if Martin gets her down to the floor, she should keep top position, likely pass her, mount her, land that good ground and pound. Martin is not much of a finisher on top. She doesn't really go for many submissions, but she does throw a lot of ground to pound and might possibly get a TKO here. We have seen Cyphers get stuck on her back and get TKO'd versus Angela Hill pretty recently. And Cyphers has just been taking beatings recently. I mean, she got TKO'd twice this year. Oh, no, she got submitted twice this year and knocked out once this year. So it seems like they're just throwing her to, to girls to kind of feed her to prospects. Um, I do think this will be a tougher fight than the line indicates. I think that if Martin can't get Cyphers down to the floor, she probably gets outstruck and loses here. But I do think Martin hits takedowns. She probably keeps those takedowns and keeps Cyphers on her back and gets that ground and pound. I think she wins her way to a decision. A TKO ground and pound is possible, but I think decision is the most likely. So I think Martin's chances are around 75%. So there's a slight amount of value on Hannah Cyphers here. But personally, I won't be betting Cyphers money line. Maybe if you want to go Cyphers decision, uh, that would be a good play because it very likely goes the distance. And if Cyphers wins, it's not going to be by knockout or anything crazy like that it will be by decision so the pick for me is going to be Mallory Martin by decision it's a slight dogger pass situation but I would not even bet Cypher's money line at this price the next fight is also in the women's strawweight division we have Emily Whitmire taking on Poliana Viana the opening betting line for this one was Viana the slight favorite at minus 115 to Whitmire minus 105 right now we are seeing Whitmire minus 145 to Viana plus 125 
more action coming in on Emily Whitmire here. And this fight has been scheduled before. I might have even analyzed this fight on the podcast before. And I think I was leaning Emily Whitmire the first time this fight was booked. And the lines were much closer. But the past few days, Emily Whitmire has been bet down to around 60% implied probability. And I think that line is off. I think that this is more of a 50-50 type of fight. Maybe even a slight advantage to Poliana Viana here. Comparing the striking of these two, I do give a slight advantage to Viana here. I think she has more offensive tools. She throws punches a little more effectively, and I think her body kicks will be a big factor in this fight. She has pretty bad defense and kind of moves her head back in a straight line and will be outboxed by better boxers, but I don't think the Whitmire is necessarily that. Whitmire does have some decent kickboxing skills. She did outstrike Jamie Moyle to a decision. It was a slightly close fight. Um, the numbers were pretty even between the two. Whitmire does not have the best defense herself. And she really struggles with getting taken down. And she struggles with submissions. She has been submitted four times in her pro career. If you include the, the ultimate fighter. Um, so she definitely struggles with submission defense. And that's a dangerous thing. Because Poliana Viana does have some decent submissions. She did attempt to take down really early in the Macedo fight. And get her down. And seemed to have top position going before she got caught in a crazy crazy armbar so both of these women are decent grapplers I think I give a slight advantage to Viana on the feet and on the ground here but I wouldn't go crazy betting on Viana maybe one or two units I do think this should be a 50-50 type of fight I mean the opening line was a pick em. I think that's accurate and I would disagree with the action that came in on Whitmire I just don't think there's enough footage of Whitmire uh, having success in her fights to think that she's going to beat Viana here I think that if the fight stays on the feet and we see these two kickbox for multiple minutes we're going to see Viana have the more effective striking and I think that if it goes to the mats we're going to see Viana be the more dangerous grappler the one who's capable of keeping top position and I think that Viana is going to win a decision here so not a confident pick because it is a low level women's fight I think Viana is getting a little disrespected here because she's on a three fight losing streak and people are seeing that and kind of just betting Emily Whitmire by default but I don't think that that's the right side I think this fight deserves to be a pick em, so there is some value on that plus 125 so I think a small bet on Viana money line is warranted and I'm going to be picking her to win by decision here as my official pick the next fight takes place in the welterweight division. We have Sean Brady taking on Christian Aguilera. The opening betting line for this one was Brady the favorite at minus 352 Aguilera the plus 285 underdog. Right now we are seeing Brady minus 400 to Aguilera plus 325. More action coming in on the favorite Sean Brady despite opening up a pretty big favorite already. And I understand why. I mean he's looked very impressive in his two fights so far. His last fight versus Nardiev, he was getting outstruck on the feet in round one, made some good adaptations mid-fight, started hitting takedowns, and was able to outgrapple and keep top position, grind out Nardiev against the cage, and win rounds two and three very clearly in that fight. He also had a decent uh, debut performance against Court McGee, was able to outstrike him in about two out of three rounds of that fight. I do think Brady slowed down a bit in round three and did get outstruck and lose that round, but still comfortably won that fight. Um, so I think Brady has shown a lot of good things so far. Aguilera had only one fight in the UFC. It was a pretty quick knockout. I was high on Aguilera coming into the UFC. I liked him in that matchup versus Anthony Ivey, and it did pay off. We won on him in that fight, but... I still think there's a lot of questions around Aguilera. We haven't really seen his takedown defense tested too much. We did see him get taken down and 
get his back taken for about three or four minutes. Uh, he did defend a bunch of submissions, but he didn't seem to have much ability to get out of that back take. And I think there's a huge question mark around Aguilera's defensive grappling here. So I think if Brady wants to wrestle and chooses to wrestle early, he can't justify that minus 400 price because we could see a pretty big gap in grappling between these two. Uh, but if it stays in the feet and it's pure striking, I think it will be competitive. I do give a slight advantage to, uh, to Brady here. But Aguilera is dangerous. Most of his wins are by round one knockout. So I think he is going to be a round one knockout threat. But if the fight goes outside that, if Brady starts hitting takedowns, Brady should start cruising his way to a victory uh, via decision. He might even get a late finish. I think his his coaches were predicting that he gets his first finish in this fight so he might be uh, aggressively looking for the finish here personally I don't buy it I think that it will probably go to the decision uh, although the submission threat is there because that Aguilera takedown defense and submission defense is kind of untested at this level so Brady is going to be my pick I do think he gets it done I'm going to go with uh, decision as my official pick but if these two stay on the feet and strike in round one it's going to be a close fight and Aguilera is dangerous so if you want to bet Aguilera here I would maybe go uh, knockout props maybe the round one knockout props because there were some pretty juicy odds on Aguilera by round one knockout so I would not knock a play on that at all I already do have a small bet on Aguilera round one knockout at like plus 2400 or something insane so there's some value there but the pick for me is going to be Brady by decision and I think that in terms of the money line it's going to be dog or pass um, but I do think Brady gets it done pretty comfortably here so he's going to be my pick the next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Alex Caceres taking on Austin Springer. The opening betting line for this one was Caceres, the minus 195 favorite to Springer, plus 155. Right now we are seeing Caceres minus 165 to Springer, plus 145. So Springer is coming in here on very short notice to replace Giga Chikadze. I think about four or five days notice. So that's a very significant factor here. And when doing tape on Austin Springer, I was pretty unimpressed. He has some pretty stiff striking. I don't think he will have much success striking versus Caceres at all. I think Caceres has a clear advantage on the feet. And Springer is best when he's wrestling. He shoots a good amount of takedowns. But I'm pretty unimpressed with his wrestling. He doesn't really set up his takedowns very well at all. He looks kind of physically weak as well. He looks like a small fighter. He struggled with the size of some of his opponents like Julian Arosa, uh, who was really able to stuff his takedowns and bully Springer and was able to TKO him in round two of their fight. I just don't think that we've seen Springer succeed enough against good competition to think that he can come in here on short notice and beat Caceres. So at minus 165, I think there's a pretty considerable amount of value on Caceres here. I mean, Caceres does struggle with takedowns. Uh, he has been taken down by guys like Crone Gracie, Steven Peterson recently. And I mean, he's been in the UFC forever. I mean, he's gotten taken down by a lot of guys, but he's not easy to submit despite him having a few submission losses on his record. And I don't think that Springer has the takedowns or the top game to keep Caceres down. And I think that if Springer doesn't get that early takedown, he's going to get outstruck badly here. And it could look like a rerun of the, the Chase Super fight that Caceres just won. So we have seen Caceres fight during the quarantine. He looked good put in a, one of his best performances against uh, Chase Hooper was able to win that fight easily 
avoid all of Hooper's takedowns, outbox him on the feet for the full three rounds, do a lot of damage. His boxing looked good and accurate. His cardio looked good in that fight. So I think that that's how this fight goes. Caceres avoids the takedowns, doesn't get stuck on his back, and outstrikes Springer on the feet here. So I can see a late finish from Caceres here with Springer taking this fight on short notice. He has gassed out in his fights previously, the Arosa fight. He gassed really bad in that fight. So if Springer doesn't get that early takedown, I think that he probably gets finished in rounds two or three here. So I'm going to go with Caceres in round three as my official prediction. I think it'll probably be a TKO, but I'm just going to go with a late finish as my official prediction on Caceres. And at this money line, there's a considerable amount of value. I would cap Caceres closer to 70, 75% around minus 250, 300. So I probably will be betting Caceres at this minus 165 price. The next fight takes place in the middleweight division. We have Alessio De Chirico taking on Zach Cummings. The opening betting line for this fight was Cummings, the minus 140 favorite to DeKirico, plus 120. Right now, we are seeing DeKirico, the favorite at minus 115, to Cummings, the slight dog, plus 105. So the line has flipped here. DeKirico is now the favorite, and I do agree with him being the favorite here. I actually was able to bet him at that plus 120 odds here. I've had that bet tracked on my bet MMA for a few weeks now, and I gotta admit, I lost a little bit of confidence in it watching some tape on DeKirico because this is a frustrating matchup. Both of these guys are pretty low volume, and to give some examples of that, in Cummings' two most recent fights against Giles and against Omar Yakhmedov, he landed 20 strikes in the first two rounds of both fights, so he's averaging landing about two strikes in the first two rounds. And DeKirico landed 13 strikes versus Muradov in the first two rounds. He did have some success in round one with Muradov. Very close round. I actually thought that you could give that round to DeKirico. But the judges did give it to Muradov. DeKirico kind of took round two off. Got outstruck that round. And then came back in round three. And was pressuring uh, Muradov. Landing hard strikes. And won that round clearly. So very close fight with Muradov. I think DeKirico could have won that fight. And that was a good sign that he showed some aggression. And was pressuring Muradov in round three. Because DeKirico's fight before that with Kevin Holland. He had Holland hurt in round three. Uh, Holland was injured. And it was one round apiece. And and DeKirico was just not aggressive and not throwing enough volume and allowed Kevin Holland to outstrike him with an injured arm. So that was a clear win that DeKirico should have had versus Holland, but he just didn't show the aggression and killer instinct to go after Holland there. So both of these guys are frustrating, low-volume type of fighters. I do think that Cummings has the more technical striking of the two, but DeKirico explodes with bursts of combinations and punches, and I do think that he will be the more effective striker here because Cummings is just going to be too content to counter punch and to land one strike at a time and DeKirico is going to be exploding with big combinations so I do think that he will be landing the better strikes I do think that DeKirico is the better clinch striker as well he has some good knees and elbows in the clinch that he's been using in his recent fights in terms of a grappling advantage here, I would give that to Zach Cummings. He is the better grappler, the more dangerous submission threat of the two. He's actually got a good amount of submissions in the UFC and DeHirko has struggled with submissions. He's been caught in a triangle versus Spice Lee. He was in some bad spots on the ground versus Marquez. And I definitely think that Cummings is the better overall grappler here. So if Cummings attempts offensive takedowns, he might have some success. And he might uh, put DeHirko on his back and look to submit him. And on the feet, though, I do give a slight advantage to DeHirko. He will be landing and throwing more. He's going to be throwing with a little more aggression and power, too. But Cummings has some pop in his punches, too. He was able to drop Giles. He was able to drop 
uh, Akhmedov in his recent fights, so he can't be taken lightly. This is going to be a very close fight. I do think it comes down to the decision. It's going to be who has landed the more strikes in these rounds. And I do give a slight advantage to DeKirko. I think he's going to be landing the more effective and powerful punches. I'm relying on him to get into the clinch and use his athleticism advantage. Try to get those knees and elbows going that were working for him in his recent fights. And I think that if DeKirko uh, shows some aggression and try to use his, his athletic advantage here, I think that he wins this fight. And it's not the most confident pick because it's so are close. I'm going to keep my one unit on DeKirko at plus 120 because it does seem I've beat the line movement, but it is not a confident pick at all. It does seem like I've beat the line movement, but I would not be betting on DeKirko as a favorite here. I don't think that betting on a favorite on either side of this fight is the right idea. So it's a dog or pass situation, but I'm going to keep my DeKirko decision pick as my official prediction. The next fight is in the middleweight division. We have Maki Patolo taking on Impa Kasaganai. The opening betting line for this fight was a minus 115 pick'em on both sides. And right now we are seeing Kasaganai the favorite at minus 130 to Patolo the plus 120 underdog. So I was pretty impressed with Kasaganai coming off of his victory on the Contender Series. He fought and beat a pretty tough opponent in Adams, a very good striker, actually outstruck Kasaganai in round one, but Kasaganai made some good adjustments. He has good cardio in those later rounds. He started pressuring Adams, outboxing Adams, and then he started hitting takedowns and keeping top position. Kasaganai is very well-rounded. He's got solid boxing. He can hit takedowns, keep takedowns. Doesn't have the greatest top pressure and control. I have seen him lose top control a few times. Um, it doesn't seem like a very good submission threat or finish threat on the ground, but he's just a solid control type of guy, and I just really like his style. It seems like he has a good round winning style. He can outbox you on the feet and outgrapple you on the ground as well, and Patolo is just kind of a weird fighter in my opinion. He's had some glimpses of good moments in his UFC career, but I think a lot of it has looked very sloppy. I think he's a pretty bad grappler from what I've seen of from him lately. Uh, the bird fight was a very sloppy back and forth grappling fight. He was actually outstriking Darren Stewart in his most recent fight, but then shot an ill-advised takedown, got his neck caught in a guillotine, and got choked down in round one. So that was a very bad sign from Patolo, and of course Patolo's worst moment in the UFC was versus Potter that was at 170 he gassed out badly in that fight was getting taken down stuck on bottom even maybe outboxed by Potter at some points in those fights so I think Patolo is pretty raw uh, he has some decent offensive boxing he digs to the body well but I think that that's pretty much all he does well. He's a dangerous puncher but that's about it so I think he only has about one or two rounds of cardio in him and I think that he might even win round one here versus Kasagana. I think that round one is going to be a very competitive striking round. And the only way I think Kasagana wins round one is if he hits takedowns. I think that he won't outstrike Patolo early. But in rounds two and three, I think the cardio advantage for Kasagana will take over. I think that Kasagana will start adapting, hitting takedowns, and just exploiting the weaknesses of Patolo that are there on tape. So um, my pick in this fight is going to be Impa Kasagana. I think he gets it done by decision. I think round one is going to be competitive. He might even lose that round, but in that case, I will add more on the live best to Kasaganai because I'm pretty confident that his cardio takes over in these later rounds. His grappling advantage will start to come out in these later rounds, and he's going to start to dominate the fight in the second and third round. So uh, Kasaganai round three props have some value. I think that he could get a late finish, but my official prediction is going to be decision, and I will be betting Kasaganai's money line at this price. 
The next fight is the first fight on the main card. We have in the light heavyweight division, Magomed Ankalaev taking on Ian Kudalaba. The opening betting line for this one was Ankalaev, the favorite, at minus 322. Kudalaba, the plus 260 underdog. Right now, we are seeing Ankalaev minus 292, Kudalaba plus 260. So this is a rematch of a fight that happened just about six months ago. Very controversial round one stoppage. Ankalaev closed a minus 225 favorite in that fight and is now sitting at minus 290. So despite that fight not really proving much, it seems like people are betting Ankalaev more decisively. And I mean, he was the winner of the first fight officially. That was a TKO victory for him, but... We just did not see much in that fight. Nothing was really proven. We just saw them exchange a few times, have some crazy back and forth exchanges, and then the fight was stopped. I truly believe that Kudalaba was faking being injured in that fight. Like It looked like he got hit by a punch and then looked like he consciously decided to act like he was hurt. And he did that for about 5 or 10 seconds and he fooled the ref into thinking that he was hurt. And then the ref stopped it prematurely. So it was definitely an early stoppage. And I don't think that Ankalaev really landed much to hurt Kudalaba. I mean, Kudalaba is a pretty durable guy. We've seen him absorb some big shots before. And I think that that fight was just a weird, strange outcome that we didn't learn anything from. So I think that where the line is at now is honestly a bit wide. I think that Kudalaba is still dangerous in this fight. I think that it's going to turn into a round one swing fest. Uh, these guys have a lot of uh, animosity towards each other now, and their emotions are probably super high. So I think they're going to come out and swing in round one, and Kudalaba is going to be dangerous. Ankalaev is a tremendous fighter. He's probably the best fighter at light heavyweight, in my opinion, right now. Uh, but he can still be caught. It didn't look like he was totally safe in that first fight from Kudalaba's punches. So if Kudalaba is in these wild exchanges, he's going to be dangerous and can knock Ankalaev out at any time. Although I do give Ankalaev a pretty significant striking advantage here. I think he has the better defense. He's got the more varied offense. He's just a better diverse striker. And we've seen his ground game. He's got good takedowns. He can exploit Kudalaba in the later rounds, possibly look to submit Kudalaba. So I do favor Ankalaev here at about 70%. So I do think the line is pretty accurate. If you want to bet Kudalaba here, I would probably go with Kudalaba by knockout or Kudalaba round one knockout props because I do think that's the most common way he wins the fight. I don't think that he's going to win a long fight with Ankalaev because Ankalaev is the much more skilled fighter and I think that that will start to show as the fight goes later. So Kudalaba's best chance to win is to use his athleticism to make it a dirty brawl early and to look to knock Ankalaev out. I think Ankalaev has good enough defense to avoid that. He's going to be counter-punching Kudalaba and hurting Kudalaba. So I think this fight will look very similar to Kudalaba versus Glover Teixeira, where Kudalaba has a good round one, maybe hurts Ankalaev at some points, but Ankalaev will weather the storm, his cardio will take over in round two, and he will use his technique advantage to possibly take down or knock out uh, Kudalaba in round two or three. So the pick for me is going to be, I go with TKO for Ankalaev in round two. I don't have any bets on this fight so far. I do think there is value on Kudalaba round one, as I mentioned. And maybe I'll look to bet that Ankalaev round two, round three props as well. But this is such a high variance, crazy fight. It's going to be in the small cage, which is going to make these guys even closer to one another. So it's probably going to end by early knockout. Uh, I think Ankalaev gets his hand raised at the end. But at this price, I don't think there's much value. And it's a dog or pass situation where the line is at. The pick for me, once again, is Ankalaev round two, TKO. The next fight takes place in the featherweight division. We have Ricardo Lamas taking on Bill Algio. 
The opening betting line for this fight was Lamas, the minus 265 favorite to Algio, the plus 185 underdog. Right now, we are seeing Lamas minus 305 to Algio plus 275. So Bill Algio is coming in here on short notice to replace Ryan Hall. About one week notice for Algio, and I will give a disclaimer. I have trained at Bill Algio's gym for about the past three or four years of my life. I would consider Bill a great coach. He's taught me a lot about Muay Thai, a lot about Jiu Jitsu. I would even consider him a friend of mine. So I'm very excited to see him in the UFC here. Uh, he had a short notice opportunity versus an established UFC guy. It's a great opportunity on the main card, and I'm really excited to see him in the UFC. So when I'm analyzing the fight though, I'm going to be as unbiased as I can. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm going to give it as honestly as I see it. So I do think this is a very tough debut for Bill to make his debut. Ricardo Lamas is a veteran. He's fought against champions like Jose Aldo. He has a great resume and he is getting towards the end of his career. He's 38 years old. He has lost three out of his four last fights, but I think this is a step down in competition for him. He's been fighting killers like uh, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett and you know the, the top level of 145. And I, he's definitely getting a, a bit of an easier matchup here in Algio. And I think it, it's actually a good stylistic matchup for Lamas because if you watch Algio's fight against Brendan Lognane on the Contender Series, he struggled with leg kicks in round one of that fight. It was an orthodox versus orthodox matchup, which it will be here. And Algio was not checking leg kicks in round one of that fight and that led to Lognane start to outbox Algio and definitely won round one of that fight. Uh, Algio came back well in round two and was starting to win round two but then Lognane made some adjustments came on strong at the end of round two hit some takedowns and was able to steal round two back on the scorecards and then round three it was all Lognane he was leg kicking and outboxing and hurting Algio. Algio does have a chin on him he was able to take some punches and take a lot of punishment in round three and make it to the decision of that fight so it's going to be tough for Lamas to, to put Algio away he's very tough he can take some some hard right hands it's going to take a lot of leg kicks to get him out of there but considering the fact that Lamas has great leg kicks and he has very solid boxing I do think he has the advantage in this fight and that is partially why I'm picking him to win I just don't think that Algio's boxing defense is up to speed uh, with fighters at this level, and it'll probably get exposed here if he, you know, fights with that hands-down style and has inadequate defense like he did on the Contender Series. So, if Bill wants to win this fight, he's going to need to check Ricardo's leg kicks. He's going to need to avoid pocket boxing exchanges, and he's going to look to need to take Lamas into the later rounds where he might have an advantage. Algio did just fight on CFFC and get a decision victory just about two weeks ago, so he should have very good cardio. He just went the full 15 minutes, and I think that he could have an athletic and cardio advantage in those rounds two and three. So if he can weather the early storm, not get leg kicked, not get outboxed in round one, he has a chance to win this fight in the later rounds. I do not think that happens. I do think Lamas gets out to an early lead with the leg kicks and with the boxing and will probably start to dominate the fight in the second and third rounds. I do have questions about uh, Lamas's cardio. Uh, we have not seen him look good in those later rounds. I mean, we saw him versus Mursad Bektik in kind of a slow-paced fight, but we haven't really seen... Uh, Lamas tested in those later rounds too recently, while we have seen Algio tested very recently in those late rounds. So 
If Aljo wants to win, he's going to have to stay safe in round one, check leg kicks, avoid pocket boxing exchanges, and make it to the later rounds. And if Lamas is going to win, he's going to need to hit leg kicks, look to use his boxing advantage here, uh, maybe hit offensive takedowns. He does have a good, uh, very good wrestling game, and we have seen Aljo taken down in the past. So the pick for me is going to be Ricardo Lamas. I could see a round three finish, but I think I'm going to go with decision as my official prediction. I could see a finish along the way if Lamas is aggressive enough, but uh, the toughness and grit that Algio showed in round three versus Lognane uh, leads me to believe that he will not get finished easily here and probably makes it to a decision. So the pick for me is going to be Ricardo Lamas by decision. At this price, it is dog or pass. I think if you were able to get in on uh, Lamas when he was in the minus 100 range for a short period of time or the minus 200 range, uh, that was an okay bet. But where the line is at now, it is dog or pass. There's just too many questions around Lamas. Lamas's age and his durability so uh, it's dogger pass but the pick for me is going to be Lamas by decision. The next fight takes place in the women's flyweight division. We have Ji Yun Kim taking on Alexa Grasso. The opening betting line for this one was Grasso the minus 250 favorite to Ji Yun Kim the plus 210 underdog. Right now we are seeing Grasso minus 280 to Ji Yun Kim plus 255. So more action coming in on the favorite Alexa Grasso here. Very fun matchup. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, not often the women's MMA fights excite me, but this should be a really fun fight. Uh, I like both of these women a lot, and I think they have uh, pretty entertaining styles. It should be mostly a striking fight. I think that Grasso is the better boxer of the two, and I think she just has the much more effective and meaningful offense. I think that she strings punches and combinations together better. She has the better footwork, and she's able to pressure her opponents better. Kim does have good striking technique. She has good accuracy with her punches. Uh, very good kicks as well but I just don't think that she strings it together well enough I don't think that she pressures her opponents enough so I think this will be a competitive fight in terms of technique they're going to be exchanging pretty evenly uh, but in the numbers, I just think that Grasso is going to be throwing and landing more. She's going to be backing Kim up with her punches. While Kim might be landing, I just don't think it's going to have enough of an effect in the judge's eyes to think that she's winning this fight. Both of these women tend to struggle getting taken down at times. They usually get taken down off of caught kicks. Uh, like they're throwing a body kick and the opponent catches it and dumps them to their back. I will say that I think Grasso is a little bit better off of her back. I've actually seen her uh, work to get off of her back and uh, get off a of bottom versus Carla Esparza. While I've seen Kim get stuck on her back in uh, positions for a few minutes and play full guard, and that's just not what you want to see. Uh, that was versus Shevchenko too, who's not really a great top position grappler. So. I don't think grappling will come into this fight much. I do think it stays in the feet for about 80 to 90% of the fight. It's going to be interesting to see who wins the clinch exchanges here because I do think I've seen a little bit better clinching from Grasso, but it's going to be interesting to see how Kim uses her height advantage in the clinch here because height is very important in the clinch. It's really good leverage for knees and elbows, so Kim could look to exploit that if the two clinch up. So wrapping up my final thoughts on the fight, it's going to be a close striking fight. We're going to see Kim look to use her reach advantage, look to use her length with her straight punches and her kicks to keep Grasso at kicking range. And we're going to see Grasso look to use her punches and try to punch in combination, get inside in the pocket, and look to put Kim on her back foot where she is not as effective. And I do think that Grasso has the more success. I think she's going to be the more effective striker. And she will win this fight by decision. Um, but for a fight that's going to be a women's 
striking match on the feet for most of the fight. I do think Kim by decision has some value. I think that this could be some very close rounds. The judges could be going either way. And we might see Kim sneak out a decision here versus Grasso. This is Grasso's debut at 125 as well. So she's untested at this weight class. We haven't seen her cardio tested at this weight. And we don't know how her punches will uh, seem at this weight. Because I do think she had a bit of power at 115. And it might not translate up to 125. And she might not have that power to rely on here. And it might get a lot closer than I think. So I'm going to give Grasso about a 65 to 70% advantage here. I do think there is some slight value on Kim Moneyline and Kim by decision. But my official prediction is going to be Grasso by decision and think she wins here uh, by probably 29-28 decision. Uh, but it's going to be a close but clear fight. The next fight is the co-main event of the evening in the welterweight division. We have Robbie Lawler taking on Neil Magny. The opening betting line for this fight was Magny minus 140 to Lawler plus 120. Right now we are seeing Magny minus 230 to Lawler plus 210. Interesting matchup here. I'm not really confident in my read in this one because it's hard to know where Robbie Lawler is at because He's had such a long and illustrious career. He's had so many ups and downs. And I do think that he is probably on his last legs of his career here. He has lost four out of his last five fights. And he's gotten, you know, pretty thoroughly beaten in, in most of them. Uh, versus Woodley got knocked out. Dos Anjos and Covington dominated him for 25 minutes. And then we had that weird Askren fight thrown in there as well. So Lawler has definitely not looked like his normal self lately. He gets backed up to the cage too easily. And it seems like he kind of wilts in fights like the Covington fight. It just seemed like he kind of gave up in that fight and was content not to get finished. So that might very well happen here. He might get pushed up against the cage versus Magny, start getting out clinched, might get taken down. And he just might not have any fight left in him anymore. Uh, he's, you know, at the end of such a long career, it's very possible that Robbie Lawler is shot and... Magni could win this fight very easily. I'm not willing to write Lawler off yet. I do think this is somewhat of a winnable matchup for him because I don't think Neil Magni is that great. I think that his recent run is kind of getting him uh, over-respected here. I think that that opening line at minus 140 Magni was probably more accurate. Uh, if they fought a year ago, I think that that's what the line would be at now. I think Magni would be a very slight favorite, but I think we've seen Magny get some two nice decision wins this year so far, and people are, are rushing to bet him in this spot. Uh, but I think both of those wins were kind of weird performances. I think Jing Liang and Rocco Martin both kind of gave Magny a lot of advantages in that fight. I think that if those fights were distance kickboxing matches, I think that he could lose those fights. But it seemed like Rocco and Jing Liang wanted to clinch up with Magny, wanted to try to take him down, and they just failed. And Magny was able to stuff takedowns. He was able to win the clinch battle. And he won both of those fights via decision. So there were some nice wins for him. Nice comeback victories coming off of that long layoff. But I don't think that Magny has necessarily improved a lot. I don't think that he is you know, a much better fighter than he was a few years ago. I just think he got some pretty fortunate matchups for him. And if Lawler comes in here with something left in the tank, if he has some fight left in him and he is uh, anywhere near the fighter that he was uh, back in his run when he went on the championship, I do think that Lawler could give Magny a very tough fight. He could win some distance striking exchanges. He could punish Magny on the way into his clinch. But 
Lawler is going to have to really make those distance striking exchanges count because if Magny is able to get the, the clinch that he wants, if he's able to push Robbie against up against the cage, as we've seen in Robbie's recent fights, he tends to just wilt against the cage. He has very little ability to get his back off the fence, and he tends to just get grinded out and lose rounds, lose decisions against that ca- that cage. So that's probably what's going to happen here. I do think the most common outcome is that Neil Magny starts pushing Lolly against the cage, starts outstriking him when the clinch starts hitting takedowns uh, maybe starts outstriking him at distance later in the fight as well so it's hard to trust Robbie Lawler at this stage of his career I do think that it is dog or pass and there is some value on Lawler money line uh, maybe Lawler knockout as well or Lawler no scorecards if you have access to that on five dimes or top sport I'm just not fully ready to get my hopes up to think that Lawler can uh, pull out another classic performance and win this fight here. So I do think I'm going to go with Neil Magny via decision as my official prediction. I would be pretty shocked to see Magny finish Lawler because Lawler is notoriously durable and Magny has never been much of a finisher. Um, So the official prediction is going to be Magny via decision. I don't think it's going to be a very fun or entertaining fight. Um, It's probably going to be one of Lawler's last fights of his career. So I'm hoping Lawler pulls off the upset, but I'm going to be picking Neil Magny to win via decision. The next fight is the main event of the evening in the light heavyweight division. We have Anthony Smith taking on Alexander Rakic. The opening betting line for this fight was Rakic, the minus 235 favorite to Smith plus 200. Right now, we are seeing Rakic minus 250 to Smith plus 230. The early action in this fight came in on Rakic. He was actually over a minus 300 favorite for a few weeks, but ever since fight week came around, the money has been coming back in on Anthony Smith, and I agree with that action. I think that 3-1 to one is a little too wide for Rakic, and where the line sits at now, at around 70% for Rakic, is pretty accurate in my opinion. First things first, I think that Smith is coming back from that beating he took against Glover way too soon. I mean, that fight was in mid-May. We're looking at about three, three and a half months removed from an absolute thrashing that Anthony Smith took. So that's a huge concern right off the bat. Smith was looking good for the first seven minutes of that fight. He had very high output and was leg kicking Glover to share, landed some nice punches as well. But it seemed like he just hit a massive wall halfway through that second round. It looked like his cardio gave out on him. He started getting outstruck. He got dropped in round three. And he just took an absolute beating from round three to round four. And then eventually the ref mercilessly stopped the fight in round five. But he took a good solid eight or nine minutes of just nonstop punches to the head. And he's coming back and fighting three and a half months later. I just think it's a terrible decision. I don't even know how it's really sanctioned or allowed to happen. But getting over to Rakic, he's coming off of a loss to Volkan Ozdemir. I did think he won that fight pretty clearly. I thought he won every round, honestly. I thought they were close rounds, but I do think Rakic landed the better strikes in all three of them. But he took a lot of damage to his leg in that fight. He started limping pretty badly through the second round. And I honestly think that that's the majority reason why he lost the fight is the damage to his leg that he suffered. And that's a problem here because Rakic doesn't check leg kicks very well. And if Smith comes out throwing the same leg kicks he did versus Teixeira, we might see him having success. But there's a problem and that's 
Smith doesn't check leg kicks either. He was getting leg kicked a lot versus Teixeira in the round two of that fight. And Smith also had trouble with the body punches of Teixeira. And Rakic attacks the body a lot with kicks and knees. And Rakic is just a very versatile striker. I do think he's the better distance striker. He's a much better athlete. He explodes with these big, powerful combinations. And he's a really fun fighter to watch. And I'm really looking forward to this fight. I do think that it's going to be a rakish decision as my official prediction. In terms of bets for this fight, I like the starts round three prop. I think that round one is going to be a close competitive round. But in rounds two and three, rakish will start to make reads, uh, make adjustments, uh, up his output. And then we're going to start to see a cardio advantage for rakish, a volume advantage for rakish. And he's going to win those rounds two and three on his way to a decision. In terms of bets for this fight, I don't really like any money lines. I think it's dog or pass in terms of money line, but I do like Alexander Rakic by decision. I was able to bet that at I think like plus 320 earlier in the week. And I do think that the start round three prop also has some value. That's at minus 107 right now. And I think Smith is pretty durable. He's not going to get finished early. And I think that Rakic's round one finishes over Manawa and over Clark are getting a little overrated here. I don't think he's really a typical uh, power striker finisher type of guy. He's more of a consistent volume guy. And I think that he's not going to knock Smith out here. I think it's going to be a, a low tempo, close round one. I think we start to see Rakic take over and up the output in rounds two and three and start to take over in the later rounds of the fight. And Rakic's decision is going to be the pick. I will be betting fight starts round three and Rakic's decision here. Uh, so that's going to do it for these 11 fights on this card. Not much action on the card. I did mention some bets. I have one unit on Dakirko plus 120. I have some Impa money line, Gion Kim decision, and there will probably be some other bets I, I close in on before fight night. I track all my official bets on my bet MMA tips page. I've had a rough past couple of weeks but i'm looking to climb back out of that hole uh won a bet on the contender series earlier this week so we're already profitable this week and we look to keep it going with the contender with the uh card this weekend so that is going to do it for the podcast this week hope you all enjoyed this episode hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend hope you win some bets and i will see you all before the next ufc peace